This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. In today's show, we'll be discussing the latest Bitcoin technical analysis as we just tap 19-month highs, tapping at roughly 39,500 and getting so close to 40 Gs, baby. Also in today's show, breaking news, the total Bitcoin addresses surpasses 50 million for the first time ever. So massive congratulations to all my Bitcoin hodlers. Also in today's show, Max Kaiser says his prediction, Cardano ADA will drop another 99% against Bitcoin in 2024. Also in today's show, we'll be discussing the SEC facing sanctions threat as the judge questions the debt box case accuracy. Also in today's show, the SEC is facing yet another defeat in its recycled lawsuit against the crypto exchange Kraken. I'll be sharing these latest details, as well as El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele, will be stepping down ahead of his re-election bid. I'll be sharing why that is. We're also going to be discussing the possible path ahead for Bitcoin breaching $200,000 per coin, according to the crypto analyst who called the 2021 crypto market collapse. We're talking about about Dave the Wave. Also in today's show, Michael Saylor's latest Bitcoin prediction. He says Bitcoin is about the 425x, tapping a $300 trillion Bitcoin market cap. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. But now let's kick it off with our market watch. You can see Bitcoin is pumping. We're up, uh, trading above 39,000, roughly at that 400,000 level. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for the feedback. Cryptolution, what it do? Best show right now. I love it, says Patrick. I just greatly appreciate everyone's support. You guys are amazing. But anyways, you should be able to see this. We got all the major cryptos pumping in in the green, minus BNB, the native token of the Binance Exchange. And checking out uh, coinmarketcap.com. We're sitting at a 1.48 trillion market cap back on the rise with 38.5 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. Thank you so much for subscribing, uh, SJ. Uh, 7754, greatly appreciate that. We got the Bitcoin dominance at 52% even with the Ether dominance at 17.5%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours. The leader of the pack is Ordi, up 40%. Then we have IOTA, up 37%. Followed by Celestia, up almost 23%, trading at $8.79. Now, which altcoins during this bull run are you most bullish on, please do let me know. Cryptolution, appreciate the feedback. Looks great, looks great, good to know. All right, we'll keep it moving as we kick it in to high gear. Here you should be able to see the crypto bubble so you can have a visual perspective of how the market is doing right now. Virtually every major crypto pumping and in the green, IOTA and Ordi leading the pack. And if we zoom out on the weekly, even larger gains, some of these cryptos up over 50%, including Celestia, IOTA, and Luna Classic. And zooming out on the 
monthly, we can see major gains. Ordi is up 461%, like, whoa, even FTT is up 200%, Tia is up 240%, Luna Classic 130%, and Rune up 141%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, it shows we're currently rated a 74 in greed. Yesterday, a 71, last week, a 73, and last month, a 72 in greed. So there you have it, my crypto fam. And welcome everyone just joining us. Massive celebration, massive kudos to all the Bitcoin hodlers out there who stuck the course. We survived the bear and it was one hell of a bear season, wasn't it? I'd say, to say the least. And now you get to reap those rewards as we're about to cross that $40,000 psychological level. I'm so stoked. But without further ado, now let's tap into our Bitcoin technical analysis. Check out the charts where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next. So as you can see here, Bitcoin price is up. We topped 39,000. We're currently pumping. I think we probably tapped at roughly 39.5, roughly 500 away from 40 Gs as there's so much bullish momentum right now in the market after traders digested the Binance settlement, paying that 4.3 billion to the Department of Justice, the hype around the market's belief that a spot Bitcoin ETF would be approved and bring significant cash inflows to Bitcoin, pushing the prices up across the entire crypto market. And here you can see Bitcoin is pumping like a mofo. We live for this. Now that Bitcoin has notched the best monthly close in 19 months, let's look into the reasons why the Bitcoin price is up a lot on the day. Now, dust from the Binance saga, saga begins to settle. Initially, the Bitcoin price flash mixed signals after the former Binance CEO's guilty plea and the exchange agreed to pay that $4.3 billion settlement to the Department of Justice. Now, after taking some time to digest the outcome, the market began to notice that the Binance exchange was not having a mass exodus of funds like FTX did when its liquidity crisis first became public. Now, leaders of the crypto market like Galaxy Digital CEO Mike Novogratz sees the settlement as a net positive overall. Let me know if you agree with that. Now, while initially Binance's Bitcoin reserves were down 17% from the all-time high, the exchanges started to see the Bitcoin inflows again. And since the initial outflows, Binance's Bitcoin balance is up nearly 1%. And by comparison, FTX's Bitcoin reserves were depleted by 99.9%. That's because the entire exchange was a scam and a fraud. They were stealing your crypto, offloading it, and dumping it onto the market. Now, now, also, you can see right here the Binance Bitcoin balances as per uh, Glassnode. So while Binance's Bitcoin reserves were at their lowest level since March 15th, they still maintain the largest amount of Bitcoin compared to all the centralized exchanges. Numbers don't lie. You can see the Bitcoin exchange balances. Binance has 501,000 BTC, followed by Coinbase Pro with 440,000 BTC, followed by Bitfinex OKX and Gemini. Now, which crypto exchanges do you trust, if any, the most? Which one are you most likely to move to make your trades? Please do let me know. Now, let's discuss the potential spot Bitcoin ETF approval, boosting the market sentiment, probably one of the most bullish sentiments right now in the market. Despite the bevy of macro headwinds, the Bitcoin price action continues to push higher, achieving now over 130% year-to-date gains. Not too shabby, with the volatility continuing to increase, and we all know volatility equals life 
buy force inside Bitcoin. Now, some analysts believe that the Binance and DOJ settlement is bullish for the spot Bitcoin ETF approval, noting a similar deal achieved by Arthur Hayes of BitMEX. Now, U.S. liquidity is beginning to mirror the start of the previous Bitcoin bull runs due to the quantitative easing measures, quoting Charles Edwards of Capriole Investments right here. U.S. liquidity is trending up strongly, but like it did at the start of all the prior Bitcoin bull runs, the relationship between U.S. liquidity and Bitcoin's price is is incredible. Quantitative easing equals the numbers go up. Quantitative tightening equals the numbers go down. And you can track this live, he shares, in this chart. So that's what's up. And also, we have the Crypto Greed and Fear Index showing positive sentiment as well. The current sentiment around Bitcoin-led MicroStrategy to buy another 600 million, which I shared the other day, breaking news. That means MicroStrategy is now holding over 174,000 BTC, making Michael Saylor the real top G, especially in Bitcoin. Quoting Capriola here, high time frame technical bias is bullish towards the range high of 58,000. And on the daily time frames, 42 to 45,000 remains the near term Wyckoff target. So keep that on your chart. Look out 42 to 45,000 with the high of 58,000, which would be pretty lit. Taking us, yeah, I mean, once we achieve 50, it's not going to be long before we recapture the all time high of 69,000, especially with the Bitcoin having only five months out. Uh, set to take place in April. Then we got all the ETFs likely to be approved in January. And then we have the supply shock, the limited amount of Bitcoin on the exchanges, and so on. Now, after a rush of the spot Bitcoin ETF amendments in mid-October, the SEC refused to approve a spot Bitcoin ETF despite numerous applicants. In fact, they now have 13 applications awaiting approval, which include the largest asset manager in the world, BlackRock, also Fidelity, ARK Invest, and 21 shares. The SEC delayed the approvals November 17th deadline with the SEC's next deadline set to be January 10th. Now, both Grayscale and BlackRock execs met with the SEC on November 20th to discuss the spot Bitcoin ETF approval. And I heard they just met again just recently the other day. Now, these meetings are a great sign that they're at least entertaining the idea of approving them, right? Whereas if they had no communication, that wouldn't be a good sign. Now, according to the reports, an approval may generate 600 billion bucks worth of new demand. Crypto quant analysts believe that an ETF approval will lead to a trillion dollar increase in the Bitcoin market cap. Now, considering the Bitcoin market cap right now is probably sitting at roughly 700 billion, one trillion makes it more than double. So send it. Let's go. Galaxy Digital predicts a 74% price increase in the first year after the spot Bitcoin ETF launch. I'd say that's hella conservative, but what's your thoughts, crypto fam? Let me know. The next window for the SEC to potentially approve the spot Bitcoin ETF is from January 5th through the 10th. Let me know if you feel we're likely to get the approval. And if so, do you think they'll all be approved at the same time to avoid showing favoritism and to avoid some lawsuits against the SEC? Let me know your thoughts. Now, clearly, if we don't get that approval, then the next big deadline would be in March, which would still be prior to the Bitcoin halving scheduled to take place in April of 2024. Now, another bullish catalyst, record weekly inflows as year-to-date total surpasses one and a half billion. That's right. While some investors may be awaiting to increase liquidity from the approval of the ETFs, institutional investors have already begun deploying funds to Bitcoin and crypto. That's right. They're seeding their ETF products 
probably why the price is pumping. And according to CoinShares, the institutional investors have pushed more than one and a half billion into crypto over the past years. And I don't think that's going to slow down. It's only going to speed up. Now, of the 1.6 billion pushed to the crypto assets last year, over one and a half billion flowed directly into Bitcoin, hence why it's the king. And in the past week, 311 million bucks of institutional inflow was for Bitcoin alone. So the total weekly inflows into crypto by institutional investors is 346 million, which is the most since November of 2021. And can you say deja vu? Because back on November 10th of 2021 is when we hit the Bitcoin current all-time high of $69,000. How many of you were around and in Bitcoin back then? Let me know in the chat. Also breaking news, the total Bitcoin addresses surpasses 50 million for the first time ever, which is major. And this thing is just getting started. Just look at that chart. Talk about a parabola. You got to love it. And Max makes a prediction here. He says ADA, which is Cardano, will drop another 99% against Bitcoin in 2024 as Bitcoin is the apex predator. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this prediction from Max Kaiser. There is no second best. Amen. But with that being shared, now let's discuss our next story of the day and discuss uh, the SEC taking some L's, which is music to my ears. Uh, personally, here's the latest of what's going on over there as the SEC may have to uh, pay some sanctions according to this latest trial. So let's break this down. Let me know if you can see this clearly on your screen, fam. United States District Judge Robert Shelby cautioned the SEC hinting at possible sanctions due to the purportedly deceptive statements in a legal action against digital licensing, also recognized as Debtbox, a crypto company. Lodged in the federal court of Utah, the SEC's legal action alleged that Debtbox deceived investors by around $50 million via the vendor of unregistered securities known as node licenses. Now, Judge Shelby's decision revealed noticeable discrepancies. That's right. Uh, according to attorney Michael Walsh, the convinced they convinced the court to freeze the debt box assets, arguing the company was moving to Dubai beyond U.S. regulatory reach. And subsequently, it was discovered that these assertions were inaccurate. Go figure. They're just pulling that out of thin air to try to freeze their funds, it seems, with no bank account closures and an alleged overseas transfer of 720000 being domestic. The judge raised apprehensions regarding the behavior of the SEC lawyers, misrepresenting facts and the failure of of other team members to rectify these inaccuracies may have violated federal court rule 11B, mandating evidence-backed factual claims. This resulted in the issuance of a show-cause order by Shelby requiring the SEC to provide reasons why they should not incur penalties for these actions. Now, the uh, intricacy of the case is underscored by the TRM Labs report corroborating the SEC's primary claim that debt box deceived investors regarding mining tokens. The defense counsel had not provided a statement on the issue, and the SEC has acknowledged the order, planning to respond within the two-week time frame specified by the judge. Now, this milestone signifies a pivotal moment in the legal process, highlighting the complexities of crypto regulation and underscoring the the significance of legal responsibility and high stakes 
financial litigation. Now, Ripple lawyer John Deaton says he is not surprised that the financial regulator has been caught lying, adding the following. It appears the lawyers at the SEC have made it personal when it comes to crypto cases. So with this, he calls for a subpoena against the financial watchdog. His colleague, Ripple chief technology officer Stewart, also listed a detailed analysis of troubling patterns seen with the SEC. So there you have it. We all know you can't trust the SEC and the official sheriff of cryptocurrency by the name of Gary Gensler. Do you think Gary Gensler should be fired? Do you think he should be demanded to approve these ETFs, just like Congress has been telling him for years, such as Tom Emmer? It's like, Gary, approve the ETFs. This is not right. Yet, they continue to push it back. They continue this unethical regulation from the major crypto exchanges. It's really unreal, but it's happening and playing out in real time. I'm just so happy that the SEC is losing when they're suing these companies for no real good reason, but just because they want to basically sheriff crypto uh, out here, which is not a good look, and it's going to drive adoption outside the United States. So we need some ethical regulators for Christ's sake, especially the chairman of the SEC. I think he should be a good human being that is not working for evil forces that are trying to tell him to do things that are not in the best interest of the investors. You know what I mean? So let me know your thoughts. But let's discuss some more unlawful regulation by the SEC. So yeah, they sued Kraken 10 months ago. Thank you for subscribing, Arno, to the number one daily Bitcoin pod. And so they had to pay a $30 million fine. 10 months later, round two, bringing up the same BS uh, because they're shaking down these crypto companies because they want total and utter control. And I don't think this is the right thing to do, clearly. So let's uh, discuss this another L hopefully the SEC takes against Kraken. The legal duel between the US SEC and Kraken, a lead-in crypto exchange here in the US. How many of you have used Kraken? Let me know. I like this exchange because they have the lowest fees in comparison to all the other exchanges. Looks like another misguided attempt by the SEC to exert control over an industry that fundamentally challenges an outdated regulatory playbook. The agency's lawsuit filed in November accuses Kraken of operating as an unregistered securities exchange. The lawsuit isn't just a repeat of the SEC's past failures. It's also a glaring example of regulatory overreach that fails to grasp the essence of cryptocurrency. Amen. It mirrors the agency's actions against Coinbase, which mark a pattern of aggressive regulation that is both ineffectual and counterproductive. In its case against Coinbase, the SEC alleged that similar involved operating as an unregistered securities exchange. The approach fundamentally misunderstands the nature of cryptocurrency exchanges. The lawsuit isn't just a repeat. It is also, I mean, what I just mentioned. Unlike traditional security exchanges, platforms like Kraken offer a diverse range of digital assets that do not fit neatly into the security framework. The misclassification by the SEC reveals a lack of understanding of the unique characteristics of crypto, which functions as decentralized assets, often with utility or currency-like features rather than conventional securities. Yeah, I mean, now one of the most striking issues in the absence of technological neutrality, the principle that regulatory frameworks should apply equally to all forms of tech without favoring or penalizing anyone in particular. So by forcing cryptos into the traditional security mold, the SEC is not only misapplying laws, but also showing a clear bias against digital assets. 
Facts. This lack of neutrality not only hinders innovation, but also unfairly targets platforms that are striving to work within the regulatory landscape, with Kraken being a great example. Now, I also want to point out, in their lawsuit against Kraken, they're deeming 16 of their current cryptos on the exchange being deemed unregistered securities, including Solana and Polygon. The SEC's aggressive stance risks driving business away from the U.S., clearly, to more crypto-friendly jurisdictions, which we're witnessing in real time. This phenomenon, known as regulatory arbitrage, could result in the U.S. losing its position as the leader in tech innovation. The crypto industry is global, and excessive regulation in one country simply pushes businesses to relocate, like we're seeing mass exodus out of United States and into El Salvador, taking their economic benefits and innovations with them. The Kraken lawsuit is set to become another example of the SEC's failure to successfully regulate the crypto industry, akin to the outcome of its actions against Coinbase. This repetitive cycle of aggressive and misinformed regulation is not only futile, but also harmful to the credibility of the SEC. It sends a message that the regulatory body is more interested in flexing its regulatory muscle than in understanding and adapting to new technological paradigms. The case isn't just an isolated legal battle. It's indicative of a broader issue within the U.S. regulatory framework's approach to crypto. The SEC must move beyond its current outdated tactics, such as applying the frickin' Howey test, which was used back in 1933. It's like a century later, fam. Just wanted to point out the obvious. It looks like the SEC is set for another resounding defeat, which will serve as one more reminder of a need to a new approach by regulators. So there you have it, crypto fam. What's your thoughts on the SEC coming around for round two against Kraken after they just recently collected a $30 million settlement? Anyways, let's dive into our next story of the day. We still have so much to cover. Let's discuss the latest of what's going on with Najib Bukele out of El Salvador because the re-election is coming. 2024 is right around the corner. So here's the latest, my fam. El Salvador President Najib Bukele, who is behind legislation recognizing Bitcoin as legal tender in the country, has stepped down from office to campaign. On December 1st, Bukele resigned as the president of El Salvador following approval from the country's legislative assembly, allowing him to take leave of absence to focus on his 2024 re-election campaign. He was succeeded by acting president Claudia uh, Garavra, if I'm pronouncing that right, who is expected to serve until June 2024. The next general election will take place in February in just a few months. Now, quoting Bukele here, the current state of democracy in El Salvador the office of the president of the republic will be occupied by the person for whom no one has ever voted. I'm sorry, this is quoting Hector Silva, candidate for the mayor's office of El Salvador. And you can see the video here making some of those announcements. Bukele leaving the right legacy. Very powerful uh, video, by the way. Bukele, who first took office back in June of 2019, quickly became known for his attempts to reduce the homicide rate in El Salvador, one of the highest in the world at that time, as well as his pro-crypto policies. He advocated for the Salvadoran government to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender, in which it did in September of 2021, and pushed for the creation of the volcano-powered Bitcoin city in the country. Now, though the homicide rate under Bukele had dropped significantly, many critics have pointed to El Salvador violating laws on human rights in its attempts to crack down on gang activity. Sounds like a bunch of FUD there for me. But anyways, the United Nations Human Rights Office report from March said the country had implemented mass detention since 2022, in which many people were mistreated who have died in custody. Well, we do know they transformed the country, for Christ's sake, from the most violent in the world with the highest uh, 
homicide murder rate to being the safest in the Americas. Numbers don't lie, fam. The president of El Salvador serves a five-year term. So before September of 2021, the country's constitution required presidents to wait 10 years before running for re-election. However, El Salvador Supreme Court ruled at the time that a president may serve two consecutive terms, kind of similar to in the United States, right? Only we have four-year terms and not five-year terms. So what are your thoughts surrounding Bukele stepping down to be focusing on re-election? Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below. But anyways, fam, let's break down our next story of the day. Now let's discuss some bullish price targets. Dave the Wave is predicting a $200,000 target incoming for the King Crypto. Smash the like if you'd like to see a $200,000 price. And then I'm going to be sharing the latest from Mike Saylor, one of the greatest ever, predicting Bitcoin to go on a tear 425x tapping a $300 trillion Bitcoin market cap, tapping into 40% of all the wealth in the world. The most bullish prediction I've ever heard from Mike Saylor. So it's going to be lit. Stay tuned. But first, let's discuss this $200,000 target from Dave the Wave shall we? And welcome everyone just joining us. The trader who accurately called the crypto market correction back in May of 2021 says Bitcoin's market structure is now potentially on track to approach the $200,000 mark if all goes well. Let's go. Synonymous trader and analyst Dave the Wave tells his 143,000 followers the Bitcoin's moving average convergence divergence known as the MACD indicator on the monthly chart is signaling strong bullish momentum for the king crypto. The MACD is traditionally used to spot the trend reversals and confirm the trends. Quoting him here, another histogram on the Bitcoin monthly MACD printed. How many are expecting something like this? And you can just see that bullish momentum in that chart. It's lit. So based on his chart, Dave the Wave appears to predict Bitcoin will rally above $200,000 by December of 2025. So one year out. Personally, I feel that's a bit conservative. My range for this cycle peak, which I agree it will happen sometime in 2025, but my range is anywhere from 220,000 as the bearish scenario, as high as 500,000 with a bullish scenario and a potential double top. But let me know your predictions for the cycle peak, fam. I'd love to know. So with Bitcoin looking bullish, Dave the Wave notes, there could be too much of a consensus on Bitcoin, opening up the possibility of Bitcoin hitting its upside target way sooner than his initial timeline. Hmm, interesting. Quitting him here seems to me a bit of a problem here. On a technical basis, it looks fine. But if most are expecting it, this becomes problematic from a contrarian perspective. Perhaps it will front run by a year. And he makes a great point, meaning the consensus if everyone's expecting a certain thing to happen, typically it'll never happen because everyone's anticipating it. So that's real talk. Dave the Wave uses his own version of the logarithmic growth channels, which are the LGCs, which aim to roughly project the highs and lows of Bitcoins, long-term market cycles, while filtering out the shorter-term volatility. And according to the analysts, Bitcoin has been in the buy zone on the LGC for almost a year and a half, but it looks close to breaking out. As he shares here alongside the chart, Bitcoin price in the LGC buy zone now for nearly one and a half years, 17 months. How many more months? I wonder. Shaded zone on the chart since 2018. Talk about 
Deja Vu. What are your thoughts surrounding some of these bullish price targets from Dave the Wave? And the fact will hit 200,000 this cycle peak. Let me know if you also agree with me and think that's a little conservative, or do you think that's right in alignment with your personal target? Now let's break down our breaking story of the day. Michael Saylor shared a very bullish prediction. He says Bitcoin will 425X from here, tapping into a 200 to 300 trillion dollar Bitcoin market cap. Could you imagine that? And where do you feel that will send the Bitcoin price? Probably north of $100 million per coin. So let's break this baby down, shall we? And shout out to Mike Saylor. I transcribed one of his recent interviews and I shared it earlier on X. It already had over 33,000 views and continues climbing, already going viral, 443 hearts, 87 retweets. Here's what he said. Because Bitcoin is just pure money, it's just as effective as $100,000 a coin as it is $10,000 a coin. And at a million dollars a coin, it's just as effective as at 10 million a coin. It's probably more compelling at 10 million a coin than 1 million or 100,000 a coin. It's kind of a universally scalable asset that gets less risky. The only thing that's going to change, in my opinion, is when it was super risky and scary below $10,000. You were getting 100 to 200% a year annualized gains. And then when it got a bit more understandable between $10,000 and $100,000, your gains go to 40 or 50% a year. And then at some point, they go to 30% and then 20%. And in the extreme, if everybody in the world understood Bitcoin, it'd be 20, 30, 40% of the wealth in the world. Check this out, fam. So it would be 200 to $300 trillion in today's dollars. Send it. That would be Bitcoin tapping into 40% of the total addressable market, all of the wealth in the world. And then the price would be appreciating at the rate of global inflation and fiat currency. So if the gold inflation rate remains at seven, it would still remain at seven. And then it would appreciate a little bit more because of the productivity of the people that adopt it as a treasury reserve asset. So there you have it. How many of you agree with Mike Saylor that we could potentially see a 200 to 300 trillion dollar Bitcoin market cap? Let me know. He also shared uh, in an interview with uh, 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 Patrick Bet David on his podcast, Bitcoin is on a path to be worth $100 million per coin, which means that the US dollar will have lost 99.9% .9 of its value over 100 years. Warren Buffett knows this. Charlie Munger knows this. And uh, of course, Charlie Munger recently passed last week at age 99, one month before turning 100 years old. This interview was also pretty lit and got a lot of love when I shared it. 132,000 views on X, 988 hearts and 257 retweets. These are the most bullish price predictions I have ever personally covered or heard from Michael Saylor. Again, he's projecting the Bitcoin market cap hit 300 trillion and Bitcoin can be worth $100 million per coin, which would mean the US dollar losing 99.9% .9 of all of its value. But wait, there is more. He also shared, first of all, is Bitcoin going up by a factor of 10? Whether they can fix any of this stuff is going to be a grind up by a factor of 10 just because gold is broken and Bitcoin is going to replace gold. And now everybody in the universe knows they need a non-sovereign store of value in the form of a bearer instrument. For the last year, people said inflation may be coming. We're not sure. Now the mainstream narrative has flipped. Inflation is here. You need an inflation hedge. So it's going to grind up to replace gold. It'll go to 500,000 
$1,000 per coin, regardless of whether they fix these things. Here are the three things that are massive catalysts that cause an acceleration. Those three things don't take us to $500,000 per Bitcoin. They take us to $5 million per coin. So here are the three things that will take Bitcoin to $5 million per coin, fam. Number one, the spot. Bitcoin ETF, where someone can go ahead and buy $100 million worth of Bitcoin via an ETF security. I think that's one. And we all know that ETF is likely to be approved in January, roughly 45 days out, fam. So you already know. Number two, your bank is going to custody it for you and lend against it. One of the reasons you should never sell your Bitcoin, you can borrow against it. Why would you want to sell the Apex Predator for fiat crap? at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So just a matter of time. And number three, I can mark it up or down on my balance sheet based on fair value. It'll be parapasua on the way I handle my Apple stock or at least that good. If you have property with fair value accounting, by the way, it becomes parapasua to the way you handle treasury bonds and a treasury balance sheet. Treasuries are better than stocks because treasury is property, whereas a stock is a security and you're capped out at 40% of your balance sheet of securities. So it would be a major breakthrough if you saw any of those three things. And we're going to get all three. Talk about the trifecta. <laughs> Let's go. I'll end with this one observation I tweeted last week. I believe is very powerful. If the banks can hold the stuff on their balance sheet, then a whole new class of investors are going to buy it. People are going to put in a billion and multi-billion dollar orders to buy it as a treasury asset. Nobody is going to sell it because there is no reason to sell it if you can borrow against it. Do you hear that, fam? So you'll be borrowing against Bitcoin. Nobody is ever going to sell it. Only idiots. And at that point, I joke, you won't be able to afford it. You'll be able to afford it, you know, but everyone gets Bitcoin at the price they deserve. Preach. And when the banks normalize it and you can draw a hundred million credit line at a hundred basis points from an FDIC insured bank. Shout out, Michael. I appreciate the super chat. 425X from Mike soon to be adopted. Send it. Let's get it. And at the point right now, we're going to blow through that market cap of gold by a factor of 10. Easy peasy. So he's ultimately ultimately projecting a hundred trillion market cap here as the gold market caps, probably roughly 10 trillion, 10 X of that would be a hundred trillion, right? So I think the best thing is those three things are highly likely to happen. That's right. They're already happening. I don't know if they happen in 36 months or 24 months or in 12 months, but I'd be shocked if it's more than 36 months. And I hope it doesn't happen in 12 months because my view, the longer it takes, the more progressive the grind and the more time I have to buy more of it. Preach. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this sentiment that Bitcoin will likely hit 5 million just based off those three catalysts, which I just shared with you. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Sailor expects Bitcoin demand to double after the halving and after the spot Bitcoin ETFs get approved, which we all know is coming down the pipeline. He shared in an interview the demand has got to at least double. So the only thing that's going to adjust there is the price in order to get to market. He also said there are three things that are massive catalysts for the acceleration, which I just read for you, which is not just going to take us to 500,000 a coin, but to 5 million a coin. And he also shared that a spot ETF where someone can go ahead and buy 100 million in Bitcoin to buy an ETF security and your bank allowing you to custody it to lend against it so you can borrow some money. All those things are likely to come for Bitcoin. So there you have it, my crypto fam. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the Giga Chad. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.